And God really spoke this to me. I was, I was studying the scriptures. And, you know, whenever, you know, I'm studying the word of God, most of the times that's when God really speaks to me about a message, right? So I'm, I'm not some professional preacher that just, I'm just read the Bible to get a message. <laughs> I'm studying for myself. And then out of that, God will speak to me about something to share, you know. And so he, he, he really spoke this word to me as I was studying the scriptures for myself personally. And um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, now I'm reading the Amplified. It says there, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, listen to this, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling or abounding in the work of the Lord. Or in the Amplified, it says, always doing your best and doing more that is needed or required. Being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, it says here, your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is not wasted. It is never without purpose. And it is not in vain. Can you say amen? amen. See, see, you know, this is a great reminder, I feel, for every one of us. You know, again, the Bible says that we need to be steadfast. We need to be unmovable. We need to be excelling in the work of the Lord. But the reason for all of that is we need to understand and remember and never forget that your labor in the Lord or for the Lord is not wasted time. It's not in vain. You understand? And, um, you know, so God really starts speaking to me about those words, being steadfast, being immovable, right? Abounding in the work of the Lord or excelling or being excellent in the work of the Lord. And he said, I want to, you, I want to communicate that to you today what that exactly means. So the first thing it says you need to be is steadfast, right? Now, the word steadfast, it means to be unwavering. And now in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, it says here, in one of my favorite scriptures, it says, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, the word for wisdom there is the Greek word sophia, which means insight into the true nature of things. So it says, if you're lacking wisdom, if you are... Trying to, if you're trying to figure out which way to go in your life and you need direction, the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask it of God. If you don't have insight into the true nature of things or which way or direction you ought to go in, just ask it of God. Don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't ask your goofy friends. <laughs> ask it of God. And it says there, I love this about, it says, who gives to everyone generously. And without rebuke or blame, and it will be, will be given to him. See, if you will take the time to ask God for direction, he'll take the time to give it to you. See, most of us are just out here trying to figure out, what, what do I, which way do I go? What do I do? How, how do I figure things out? What would you do? Who would, what would you do? Forget about that. God, what should I do? And then get direction. Now, it goes on to say, but he must ask in faith. So you just can't ask God, you know, and, and not believe that he's going to give you any answers. <laughs> if you're going to ask, the Bible says you must ask in faith. Without wavering, see, be steadfast, or in other words, don't waver. Without wavering or doubting God's willingness to help you. For the one who doubts or the one who wavers is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. So, you know, a lot of people live, you know, these roller coaster lives. If everything's going the way they want it to go, you know, then they're believing God. As soon as things start going a different direction, 
They stop trusting and believing God. And see, that's wavering. You know, you're, you're going in two directions. It depends on which way the wind is blowing that day, whether you're in faith or whether you're in doubt. And the Bible says if you're that type of person, such a person ought not think that or expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. You ain't getting nothing from God if you're going back and forth. You got to ask in faith. You got to be trusting God. You can't be wavering. You can't be going back and forth. You can't be in and out. You got to be in. Can you say amen? No wavering. And it says being double-minded or being a double-minded man or woman, unstable and restless in all his ways and everything he thinks, feels, or decides. <laughs> you can't be going back and forth. You can't be double-minded. Again, if everything is going like you expect it to go, then you're trusting God. I'm going to tell you something. Everything's not always going to go like you expect it to go or want it to go. It is what it is. You know? But when those things happen, you can't stop trusting God because it happened. See, when we begin to really trust God, we know that no matter what goes down, no matter what situation we're faced with, God is still on the throne. He's not surprised. You know, he didn't, he didn't, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. That's not, God's not sitting up there like that. <laughs> when he makes promises, he's able to keep them. Can you say amen? amen? So all we have to do is trust God. So if you're going to be in this thing, the Bible says you have to be steadfast. In other words, you cannot be somebody that's wavering, that's constantly being double-minded about a thing that they're believing God for. You know, I was reading the scripture, you know, the Bible says, you know, and Apostle Paul was talking to the disciples, uh, to, to some of the disciples, and he told them, he said, you know, when we were with you, he said, it was not yes or, or maybe or no. He said, because all of the promises of God are yes and amen. And because of that, we give our amen. In other words, the word amen means so be it. So when we see a promise from God, we need to say amen. You know what that means? So be it. So be it unto me. I receive that in Jesus' name. That's what you're saying. When you say amen, you say, I receive that. So, so don't doubt. Don't waver. Be steadfast. Knowing, understanding that you're going to run into some opposition. Anytime you get a word from God, that word is going to be challenged. Because the devil don't want you to receive it. He wants you to believe that, oh, that wasn't for you. That's for the preacher. <laughs> that's for somebody else. That's not for me. You know, that's why he always tries to challenge the word that's being given to you. And if you're going to waver and stop believing God. See, I want to tell you something. The only person that can stop you from receiving from God is you. Because once God makes the promise, he is fully committed to it. But we have to ex we have to receive it. The devil can't stop you from receiving the word of God. The only thing that he can do is try to get you to quit. Stop believing God. Be not deceived, right? God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. If he sows to the spirit, he shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. If he sows to the flesh, he'll of the flesh reap corruption. It goes on to say, and be not weary in well-doing. Don't get tired. While you're doing well. Don't get weary in well doing. For we shall reap. 
if that word should be capital, like both, both letters, I and F, if you faint not. You will reap if you don't faint. The only thing that can get you, stop you from reaping is you fainting, you quitting, you giving up. And that's why the Bible says you're going to walk with God, you got to be steadfast. You have to make a decision, you know, that I don't care what comes my way, I'm believing God. So be steadfast. Be unwavering. And again, when a person wavers, they are undecided between two opinions. When you waver in God, you are tottering between faith and unbelief. And the Bible says that this type of person is double-minded and they're unstable. And they should never think that they're going to receive anything from the Lord. Again, you got to be steadfast or unwavering in the things of God if you're going to receive anything from God. And that just means this. you got to be in it for the long haul. This is not a microwavable gospel. This is not something that you're, you know, you're going to do something one time and it's just going to happen for you. You're, you're, it's going to take you some time to reap. Just like you would never sow, you know, a flower seed and, think, and be mad because it didn't grow tomorrow. <laughs> you would never do that. You understand that it takes time to reap a harvest from that. I'm actually going to put some seeds in the ground, throw a little water on it, and then tomorrow I got a, I got a whole garden. It's not how it works. I work in my garden. It's a lot of work. Some, you, know, it's, you know what's crazy? I have where we live, I got deers, right? And they love the flowers. So, you know, I planted all these beautiful flowers, and these deers ate my flowers up. <laughs> so I got up the next morning, they're all gone. I'm like, I'm, I was so mad, I was mad as fire, you know? <laughs> And, you know, I got, you know, I got to spray this stuff on them, you know, this stinky stuff, man. You spray this stuff on them, they'll leave them alone. But, you know, I forgot, you know, they ate my flowers up. But can I tell you something that's amazing? Now, I, you know, I was like, all right, I got to fix this, you know. But, it, it, you know, and I just, I got busy. And, you know, some weeks went by. I go back out there. That thing started growing again. I was like, whoa, look at that. My flowers start growing again. But see, I sowed the seed, right? You water it, it takes some time. And even though the deer ate it, see, opposition. Even though the deer ate them, they start growing back. <laughs> see, if you keep, if, see, if you keep with it and don't allow, you know, these little things that the enemy does to try to take you off your, your course, you will reap. You got to stay focused. You got to keep trusting God in between all of that stuff happening. Because things will happen. So the Bible says we got to be, we got to be steadfast. See, God is moved by consistent faith. And what happens is when people are double-minded, their inconsistency disqualifies them from God's blessings. The Bible says without Without faith, it's impossible to please him. God is moved by consistent faith. You know, Jesus said, have faith in God constantly. Not every once in a while. Not when everything's going your way. Have faith in God constantly. Keep trusting God. No matter what's going down. And I personally believe that this is the reason why most people miss out on God's best for their life. They allow themselves to waver and doubt God.
So you got to be steadfast. Tell, tell somebody, tell somebody, tell somebody, somebody, be steadfast. Come on, say it strong. Say, be steadfast. There you go. Unwaverable. Unwavering. You got to be steadfast. And then the next thing the Bible says is you have to be immovable. I like that word. Be immovable. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, it says there, be sober. So you don't be drunk walking around. Let's not talk about that. Talk about in the spirit. <laughs> be sober. Well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert. And, can, and cautious at all times. This is what the Amplifier says. Be sober. Be alert. Be cautious at all times. See, so you cannot... You got to always be on the lookout. You got to always be watching. You got to always be alert. You can't be drunk walking around here. You got to be you got to be sober. Sober minded, you know. <laughs> you guys are wild. Be sober, be alert. Cautious at all times. Why? Because the enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. And in the amplifier it says fiercely hungry. Seeking someone to devour. And he's looking to, to, to tear you apart if you get a chance to. That's why the Bible says we got to be cautious. You know, you know, I was talking to somebody. I said, you know, now you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the hood a little bit, you know. So, I mean, I, you know, you learn when you're in the street. You learn how to be aware of your surroundings. You learn how to make sure, you know, you're, you're, you're watching. Right. Making sure it ain't nothing about to go down. Nobody's following you. Right. Nothing's about, you know, you, you, you become cautious about your surroundings, not in fear, but you're just you just are aware of what's happening around you. You're not just walking around like, like a tourist, you know, <laughs> you know, like you're alert, you know. You look at some when you look at somebody right when you're in the street, right, when you look at somebody. Right. There, there is like there is like a grace period. You don't look at them too long, but you don't move away quick because they think you're scared. So you got to look. It's, 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 no, there's there's a grace. period. you look at somebody, you know, you look, you know, but not too long because they think you want to do something, but not too short because they think you're scared. Am I right? So you got to know, like, you got you to know that when you're in the streets. You know, you got to be under, aware of that. And in the spirit, we got to be aware of what's happening in the spirit. You know, the Bible says a prudent man foresees the evil and they hide themselves. But the simple continue to walk on and they, they're destroyed. They become trapped because they're not aware of what's happening around them. And the Bible says we got to be aware. So when you start seeing the devil move certain ways, you got to be aware. The devil's trying to set me up here. Something's going down. You know, the enemy's trying to do something here. You know, somebody starts stirring up on the job or something like that and starts saying certain things. Okay, the devil's trying to stir some things up here. And if I keep, you know, dealing with this like this, we're going to be, we're going to be fighting up in here. <laughs> so I got to, you know, I got to be cautious. I got to be alert to what the enemy's trying to do here. You got to be sober. You got to be alert, cautious at all times, because that enemy of yours, the devil, 
prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. It says, but resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack. Rooted, established, and it says in the Amplified, immovable. I love that. I love that. And then in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, it says this. In the same way God, in his desire to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable nature of his purpose, the Bible says he intervened and guaranteed it with an oath, talking about the promise that he made to Abraham. So that by two unchangeable things, which was his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to him for refuge would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope that is set before us. Now listen to this. This is what I want to get to. This hope, this hope we have in God, right? This confidence insurance we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil. Now listen to this. The Bible says we have to be not just steadfast, but we have to be immovable. The word immovable means to not yield to pressure. That's what it means. You see, when you're serving God, you're going to have to deal with a great deal of pressure. In other words, as you're walking with God, an opposing force, the devil, is trying to push you in the opposite direction. He's trying to stop you from moving forward. And so he's applying pressure so that he can get you to quit and he can get you to go back in a different direction. See, it's, like, it's almost like you're climbing up a hill, like we're climbing a hill of God. And I mean, the devil is releasing pressure, trying to knock you back down the hill. And we're constantly facing and going against this pressure. You know, I was telling somebody one time, you know, the reason why it's, it's difficult oftentimes is because of the fact that when you're walking with God, we're going against the flow. See, it's like if you're like, it's, it's easy to swim downstream. A dead fish can swim downstream. <laughs> you ain't got to be alive to swim downstream. Why? Because you're going with the flow. But salmon, they swim upstream. And what they're doing is they're fighting against pressure. The current is take, trying to take you this way, but it's fighting and continuing to go. And that's what happens to us when we walk with God. We are going against the flow. You know, the flow is saying, come on, just live like the devil. Live in sin, you know, do your thing. You know, that's what the flow, that's the flow of this world. And it's easy just to get into the flow and just do what everybody else is doing. But when you start coming the opposite direction and you start going against the flow, pressure hits you. And that's why there's continuous pressure. Because you're going against the flow. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, right? And, you know, they were talking to me about, well, you said, well, you know, if that was me, I would just like, they said they would just like cook the books. You know, I would just cook the books, man. Just kind of like, you know, just, just put something down and just, you know. I said, I can't do that. He said, why not, man? Nobody would know. I'm saying, like, I wouldn't know. God wouldn't know. You know, the devil wouldn't know. And see, he's looking for an opportunity to, to you, for you to do something underhanded so that he can expose you 
And so that people can say, see, I told you, man, those pastors, man. <laughs> see, he's looking for an opportunity. And you can't give him one. See, the, going with the flow, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, right, I should do that. That's going with the flow. I said, I'm not doing that. Why not? I mean, he was shocked. <laughs> you know, he was shocked that I said that. I said, I can't do that. I said, I wouldn't know. I have to hold myself up to a higher standard. I'd rather take my time and get something that takes more time than to try to get something quick and then wind up, you know, something happening, being exposed, and then next thing you know, you lose your testimony. You lose a witness. You lose everything you've gained just to do something quick and get over. So there's always this pressure that you're fighting against. And the Bible says you have to be immovable. You have to be able to push against that pressure and keep moving forward. Every day, you're out there fighting this pressure. Every day. <laughs> but you can, with the grace of God, continue to succeed against that pressure. But you gotta be immovable. You gotta be steadfast, you gotta be immovable. Not allow the devil to push you back to where you came from. Ain't nothing left back there for you. If it was so good, you would have you'd have stayed there. <laughs> now that you're delivered, don't go back. You know, when Jesus looked at his disciples, he said, You're gonna leave too? You know, Peter says, Master, you have the words to eternal life. Where are we gonna go? <laughs> where are we gonna go? Where are we, where are we going? I'm out here too far now. I, you know, like I'm like the the boat is like, I can't even see the boat no more. Like <laughs> I would never be able to get back to that boat. I ain't walking. I'm not trying to get back to that. I'm continuing to move forward. So bottom line is this force is going to try to pressure you to quit. But the bottom line is you can't yield to the pressure. Again, you must be immovable. And you have to keep pushing back against the things that are pressuring you to quit. Whatever those things are. You know, it could be a person, it could be a situation, it could be a circumstance. Whatever it is that's trying to push you back, you got to push back against it. Every day, you know, you, got, you have to stay so focused when you're walking with God. And I put here, see, the key to not yielding to the pressure is found in that scripture I read in Hebrews which says that hope is the anchor of your soul. You know, hope, like an anchor, it keeps us from drifting away from God. It's like you're in a boat, you put that anchor down, and you start drifting a little bit, then that thing will snatch you back. <laughs> that anchor won't let you go too far. You know what I'm saying? And that's what hope in God does. It anchors you so that you don't just drift off. You know, if you've ever been on a boat before, I mean, you, you, be, you don't put an anchor down, you start fishing, you'll be like here, next thing you know, you're way down there somewhere. Like, like I mean, you're just sitting there. I mean, you ain't paddling, you're not rowing nothing. It didn't, that thing just take you. And that's what pressure will do to you if you're not anchored. You got to be anchored in God and not allow yourself to drift away. You know, hoping God, it helps you to overcome the pressure that you're facing. And that's why you can never allow hope to die in your life. 
Your hope in God is keeping you anchored to God. That's why you got to keep hoping. You got to keep believing. You got to keep trusting in God. It's anchoring you to him. Understanding that, you know, God's going to do everything that he says he's going to do in your life. Now, be steadfast. Be immovable. And it goes on to say always abounding or always excelling or being excellent in the work of the Lord. And I love this scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, it says, but just as you excel in everything. I like that. You excel in everything. See, I believe that you should be, an, you should be excellent in everything you do. And he said, but just as you excel in everything and you lead the way in faith. But not only are you leading the way in faith, you're leading the way in speech. You're leading the way in knowledge. You're leading your, in the way in genuine concern. You are leading the way in your love for us. And then it goes on to say, see that you excel in the gracious work of giving also. He says, see, you're, you're excelling in everything. See, I believe you need to be excellent. We have to excel or be excellent. Now, to be excellent or to excel means that you have to be exceptionally good or proficient in an activity or subject. And that activity or subject is the work of the Lord. And I put here, now that you're saved, there's a work that needs to be done for the Lord. And in the work of the Lord, you should do and always do your very best. And in fact, do more than what's needed or required of you. In other words, you just can't be a mediocre Christian and think you're going to get the best out of God. You can or you shouldn't serve God lackadaisically. You shouldn't give God your leftovers. After you finish doing everything else, I'll give you this peace, God. You can have this, you know. Don't give your leftovers to God. You should always give God your absolute best, the best of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And we need to be excellent with our service to the Lord. And I believe that he requires it and also that he deserves it. Can you say amen? Now, let me add one more thing. I said excellent. I didn't say perfect. Perfection is the goal that we should strive for, but never attain. The only person that's perfect is Jesus. But if you strive for perfection, you can reach excellence. See, that's the key. Strive for perfection. You'll never hit perfection, but you will reach excellence if you strive for perfection. Be excellent in everything you do. Don't, don't slap something together and give it to God. Here you go. <laughs> you know? Be excellent in what you do. Not just some things, everything you do. Be excellent. So he says, you know, you're, you're excelling in faith. You're excelling in speech. You're excelling in love. Be excellent in your work for the Lord. Be excellent for him. You see this place around here? I try, to, I try to do this place as excellent as I can for God. Not no big, huge place, but I want it to be beautiful. I want when people look at it, they be like, wow, that's nice. I don't want to slap nothing together and give it to God. Be like, here you go, here's your house of worship. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you want God's best, but you want, to give, you want to give God your leftovers. Here, you know, here, David is sitting in his house. He, got a, he, he, got a, he has a palace. And he's like, he tells the prophet, he says, here I am. I'm sitting in this house of cedar. I'm sitting in this, 
beautiful house. And God's presence is dwelling in a tent. I mean, that moved him. He like, man, God is in a tent. I'm in a, I got a house and God living in a tent. And right there birthed in him, I'm going to build God a house for the Lord. Something that's, the, the Bible says the house of the Lord should be exceeding magnificent. I'm going to build God a beautiful house, man. Here I am sitting in this beautiful house and God is in some tent. And because he had that in his heart to do, the Bible says, see, you did it good that it was in your heart to do it. And he says, now I'm going to build you a sure house. <laughs> so you decide to do your best for God. God said, now, I, I, now I'm going to take, see, you, you, you had it in your heart to do for me. I'm going to take, take care of you now. So you want God's best, but you want to give him junk. We need to be ex- excellent in the work of the Lord. And, you know, that's not a rebuke. I'm just saying we just have to be mindful about what we're giving to God. You know, the Bible says, he says, I'm a great king. That's what God said about himself. He said, I'm a great king. He says, you know, you give me, you know, these offerings, the blind and the lame, animals and stuff like that. He said, would you give that to your governor? He said, I'm a great king. You going to give that mess to me? And think that I should take it? Like, I don't know why I'm there. Like, I just, uh, I wasn't intending on talking about that too much. But we can't just give God whatever. Slap it together and give it to God. You know, we need to be on time for the work of the Lord. We need to give him our very best when we're serving God. Don't walk into your job late, but you come 30 minutes late for the house of God because, oh, you know, God, he should just be happy that I'm coming to church today. <laughs> got your leftovers, you know, like. Give your best to the world, to your job, and then give God your leftovers. All right, man, let me keep on moving, man. I, I'm, I'm, see, I I'm, feel like I'm messing up here. You guys not happy with my message now. You guys are happy. <laughs> You're not happy no more. <laughs> but it's so true, man. It's so I'm telling you, it's true. It's true, it's true, it's true. You want, God, you want God's best? Then do your best. You know, I try to give God my very best, you know. And uh, I told God, I said, I don't care if there's one person at church. I'm going to study, and I'm going to give them my very best. I'm not giving the people leftovers. I don't care if there's one person sitting there. I'm going to preach to them like it's a thousand. Because <laughs> I'm not going to give you leftovers. I'm not going to give, you know, because, you know, or whatever, I'm not going to give my best. I'm going to give my best. And trust me, you give God your best, he'll give you his. So it says that, be steadfast, be immovable, right? Always abounding or excelling in the work of the Lord. Knowing this, that your labor is not in vain. That's what I wanted to get to. I want to talk to you about the fact that your labor is not in vain. You being steadfast, you being immovable, you doing the work of God and excelling in it is not in vain. You're not wasting your time by doing it. Your labor is not in vain. God is not going to forget it. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 through 15, it says, For God is not unjust, so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown for his name and ministering to the needs of the saints or God's people as you do. 
And it says, and we desire for each one of you to show the same diligence all the way through so as to realize and enjoy the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but be imitators of those who through faith and by patient endurance are now inheriting the promises of God. He says, see, God is not unrighteous to forget. God, God is not going to forget the work that you do for him. God, I mean, God is seeing it. He, he, sees, he sees the labor. He sees the sacrifice. He sees what you do for him. And he says, I'm not, I'm not going to forget it. I'm not unrighteous to forget it. But that's why you need to be steadfast and immovable. Because, you know, you can start thinking that God is forgetting you. And then give up and quit. And he says, I just need you to be steadfast, immovable. I need you to continue to do the work you're doing because I'm not going to forget you. Your, your labor is not in vain. Can you say amen? amen. Your, your, your labor is not, I want you to understand, your labor is not in vain. And I put here, you know, I want to give you real quick some of the rewards for serving Christ. Just, just real quick as we get ready, I'm going to close. Give me about 15 minutes, I'll be done. And I put it here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And it goes on to say, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, or those that don't have a relationship, or those that don't know God. They are worried about those things. And it says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then what? And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. See, if you, if you stay focused on doing the work of the Lord and stop worrying about, you know, how am I going to make it? That's what Jesus was saying. He said, stop worrying about how you're going to make it. That's what people that don't know me are worried about. They're worrying about how they're going to make it. But he says, you seek first the kingdom of God. Your heavenly father already knows you need all these things. You, you, you ain't got to be concerned about that. God already knows you need that stuff. And he says, but if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. You don't have to worry about them because God, God will just give them to you. You know, he'll just lo he'll load you down with those things. You ain't got to worry about it. Just stay focused on doing the work of the Lord, excelling in it. And he says, if you take care of my house, I'll take care of yours. <laughs> seek me first. And then everything else will be given to you. Can you say Amen. Let's keep on moving. Proverbs 11, chapter, 31, uh, chapter 11, verse 31, it says, listen to this. I like this. If the, if the righteous will be rewarded on earth with godly blessings, how much more will the wicked and the sinner be repaid with punishment? See, the righteous will be rewarded, not, once they, not just when they get to heaven, on earth. See, you may thought, well, you know, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to get my reward. Yes, you will. But you'll get them here too. <laughs> if the righteous will be rewarded on earth with godly blessings, how much more will the wicked and the sinner be repaid with punishment? And in, Math in Mark 10, verses 28 through 30, it says, Then Peter began to say to him, talking to Jesus, Look, we have left all and have followed you. He said, we've left everything and we followed you, Lord. And Jesus looks at him, he answers and says, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or a father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels, but he shall receive 
a hundredfold. When? Now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the world to come, eternal life. So he says, there's a hundredfold coming to you in this lifetime. See, again, I'm telling you, there are rewards for serving and honoring God. Your work is not in vain. He said, he's going to give you a hundredfold in this lifetime. And eternal life in heaven. So, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be heaven for sure. There's going to be some sweet rewards in heaven. But also before you leave this place, see, God wants you to enjoy this place. So he don't want you to suffer and be miserable here, you know, waiting for one day to go to heaven. He wants you to enjoy this life as well. Now, I'm going to keep on going. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 6. I like this. This is one of my confessions. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deep within me. Bless his holy name. Listen to this. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not any of his benefits. Did you know that you have benefits with walking with God? You know, it's like when you go to a job. I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were talking about the money that, you know, that the job was. I said, well, what about the benefits? Because, see, that's what we consider total compensation, right? Because it's more than just the salary. The benefits on top of the salary is total compensation. So do you have health, right? You got dental, vision, 401K, whatever, you know. All of those are extra benefits that you attach to the salary. So 50000 without benefits is not the same as 50000 with benefits. <laughs> with the benefits, that could be 60000 So there's benefits for walking with God. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So you know one thing I learned about benefits is that if you don't know you have them, <laughs> it's just as bad as not having them. So you got to know what your benefits are. What's in your benefit package? You know, what, what, what do you get when, you, when you're looking for the job? What are my benefits? But you also have benefits in God. I love this. Who forgives all your sins or your iniquities. So when you mess up and you confess your sins, he forgives you. That's a benefit. He forgives all your iniquities. Listen to this. Who heals all your diseases. You don't have to put up with no sickness in your body. One of your benefits, you got medical benefits in walking with God. <laughs> the Bible says he will, not some of them, he said he'll heal all your diseases. You go to a doctor, they're not healing nothing. They're masking it. And I'm not saying don't go to a doctor. I'm just saying, you know, just saying. That's why they call it a practice. They're practicing on you. <laughs> Trying to see what works. You know, try this. Try that. You know, try it. You know. Oh, this is not working? Put, try this one. <laughs> you know, like, give you medication. Oh, oh, they start taking the medication. Oh, I'm having side effects. Stop taking that. Take this one. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Bible says he forgives all my iniquities. If I mess up, he'll forgive me. He heals all my diseases. Lord, I thank you. See, that's one of my confessions in the morning. You know, as I'm praying for 
health in my physical body, you know. I, I, always, I learned that preventative medicine is the best type of medicine you can get, not curative. Don't wait till you get a problem, you know what I'm saying? Start, start praying now. Lord, I thank you for divine health in my physical body. I thank you that my benefit is you forgive all my iniquities, you heal all my diseases. I thank you, Father. You know, you got to see, it's like taking a, a vitamin every morning. You know, the Bible says the word of God is like health and medicine to all of our flesh. So he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit. My God. How many of you, when you start walking with God, you felt you were like in a pit? Like you, you, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't on the bottom of the barrel. You were underneath the barrel. <laughs> he was in the pit. But he redeems your life from the pit. He pulls you up out of that pit. That's like with Joseph, right? When his brother, his brothers threw him into a pit, took his coat of many colors off. But, but God, he pulled him out of that pit, and he made him the second in command of the entire nation of Egypt. See, God can pull you, redeem you from the pit and put you on high. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah, you should give God a praise. Don't pat a cake, God. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit or from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. My God. I, see, you know, what you need to understand about mercy is this. Only the guilty need mercy. <laughs> you, you know, you only need mercy when you're guilty. And it's like, God, I know I messed up. That's why I always tell people, if you mess up, don't plead your case. Just plead guilty and plead the blood. That's it. Don't stop pleading your case. Oh, I only did it because so-and-so. If they didn't do that, I wouldn't have did it. Forget about all that stuff. You know, I messed up. Forgive me. Plead guilty and plead the blood. And I love it. See, he says he, he crowns you with his loving kindness and with his tender mercy. <laughs> I love it. Listen to this. Who satisfies your years with good things. My God. See, God wants to give you good things. He wants to, he, I love that. He satisfies. See, God wants you to be satisfied. He satisfies your years with good things. See, God wants to give you a life where you're satisfied. You ever ate something before and you, after you finish, you were like, man, that was good, man. And you were satisfied. Like, <laughs> Man, I had this penne vodka with chicken last night, man. I was like, man, this is good. I was, when I was done, I was satisfied. I was like, glory. <laughs> I was good, man. They gave, me that, they gave me that Parmesan cheese, and I was making it rain. I was like. <laughs> it was so good, man. I just kept. <laughs> Every bite, I was like, my God, that was good, you know. <laughs> You know, it was my aunt's birthday yesterday. We have, yeah, Aunt Cece's birthday was yesterday. And she had this, uh, I forgot, some kind of dish she had. It was this, um, what was it, impossible meatballs and stuff like that. She, beyond, of the, beyond sausage. And that thing was, man, that thing looked like it was so good, though. Y'all had this cauliflower, um, like General Tao's cauliflower or something like that. It was like this thing I ate. I was like, man, it's pretty good, you know, like. They put like General Toe's sauce on some cauliflower, man. <laughs> I was like, this is all right. 
You're not converting me, though. <laughs> Meat eater over here. <laughs> but see, God wants to satisfy you. He wants you to be satisfied. He wants your years to be satisfied. You know, you know life is a collection of days. You know what I'm saying? And if you can learn how to create a beautiful day, then you can create a beautiful life. And see, God wants to create a beautiful life for you. He wants to give you beautiful days and create a beautiful life. And God wants to satisfy your years with good things. He don't want you, you know, like suffering and struggling and, you know, always depressed and all that stuff. He wants to satisfy your life with good things. Can you say amen? amen. These are benefits from God. And the reason why he wants to do that is so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. He wants to renew your youth. You know, um, I've learned that getting your needs met will keep you alive. But when you, but when you begin to accomplish things, goals, you know what I'm saying, and you begin to succeed in life, it'll keep you young. Now, I want to just exist. I don't want to just survive. I want to live and enjoy life. Can you say amen? amen? You know, Jesus said, you know, in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, the thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and to destroy. Right? He drew a line in the sand that day. He said, I'm gonna, let me, let me, let's talk about some things. We're going to draw a line in the sand. The thief, he cometh not before to steal, kill, and to destroy. So if there's some, some kind of theft in your life, if somebody, if somebody's stealing something from you, if, if there's death and destruction and stuff like that, that's not me. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Have life until it runs over. Have life to the full. I want you to enjoy life. That's why I came. So he wants to satisfy your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And he goes on to say, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. My God, man. See, these are your benefits. See, if you don't know that, you'll accept a mediocre life, thinking that's something God wants for you, maybe. That's why you need to understand and know what your benefit package has in it. You need to know what God has said about you and what he wants for you so that you can start agreeing with that. And when you start seeing something that's against that, you, you, I mean, you rebuke that thing because it's like, I don't accept that. See, if you don't think that you deserve, you're supposed to get that, then you'll just, you'll accept it. If you don't know that, you know, you're supposed to be blessed, you'll, you'll just walk around with the curse on you. All right. I'm getting ready to close. I'll give you this last one here. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. I like this. And it says there, Now it shall be if thou diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today. See, we have to see, it's not just about God doing a whole bunch of stuff for us. It's about you complying to the will of God. See, if. See, you know, God's word always works on a conditional basis. If you diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, 
See, if you, if you do that. Right? You see, you cannot, until you do that, you forget about the stuff that's on the other side of the statement. <laughs> if you diligently listen to and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I'm commanding you today, listen to this. The Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. How many of you would like the blessings of God just to not just come upon you, but overtake you? I mean, just run you down, tackle you, you know. <laughs> all these blessings will come upon you. They just don't come on you. They're going to overtake you. If you pay attention to the Lord, your God, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. Everywhere you go, blessing. The offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals, the offspring of your herd and the, and the young of your flock will be blessed. Everything you own. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. My God, just my stuff is blessed. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm blessed. Family's blessed. Stuff is blessed. Everything blessed. <laughs> it says you'll be blessed when you come in and you'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. So you're worrying about this person, that person. You just serve God, man. He'll take care of your enemies. You ain't got to worry about fighting them. They will come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Man, they'll just be running, man. They'll just be like... The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you undertake. Everything that you do and put your hands to. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people, holy, set apart to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. And the Bible says the Lord will give you great prosperity. Not just a little bit. Great. An offspring of your body and offspring of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. The Lord will open for you his good treasure house. My God, man. God going to open up the vault. <laughs> he says the heavens to give you rain in your land in its seasons and to bless all the work of your hand. Everything that you do, put your hands to will begin to prosper and be successful. And you will lend to many nations, but you won't borrow. How I many well, you want to be the lender and not the borrower? Amen. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. See, the head makes the decisions. The tail gets dragged around. <laughs> he says, I'm going to make you the head. You're not going to be the tail. And you'll be above only, and you will not be beneath. I like that. You'll be above only, and not believe beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them and carefully do them. Do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today, to the right hand or to the left, to follow and to serve other gods. But see, he says, if, you, if you'll just, just continue to follow me. Be steadfast, be immovable, be excellent or abounding in the work of the Lord. Do all of those things. I'm not unrighteous to forget the work you're doing for me, and I will bless you.
So you want the blessings of the Lord? You know, that's how it works. It don't work just because you, you, you know, you want to have them. You got to be in this thing for the long haul. You got to be steadfast. You got to be unwavering. You got to be unmovable. You got to be able to fight against the pressure that's coming against you. And you got to do a work for God. Stop thinking about you and your foreign no more. Find out what God has called you to do and do it. Affect your world. If your world is your family, if your world is your job, wherever your world is, affect it. You be used by God in that. Find something to put your hands to for God and do it. He says, if you do those things, I, 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 I got you. Seek me first and all these other things that you've been, you know, worrying about, crying about, hoping for. He says, I'll just give those things to you. That, that ain't nothing to me. I'll just give that to you. I tell you, man, I've never, you know, God has really blessed me and my wife, like, like, like ridiculously. You know, I remember not too long ago. I was, I was looking out, you know, my windows, and I was like, man, God, I said, I said, God, I'm so blessed, I can hardly stand it. I was like, wow, man, I, I just, I just can hardly stand it, you know. And it was like, God, is, it, but it's like, because of the fact that, you know, you decide to live your life for God. He says, I, I, I'm going to take care of you. I, I'm going to make sure that you enjoy life, because you've decided to, you know, to serve me with your heart. And if you didn't make a decision like that, man, there's nothing that God will ever withhold from you. The Bible says that God will withhold no good thing for those that walk upright with him. Not, not, not one good thing. So I got to get ready to close. But I really pray that you got something out of that today. You know, he says, be steadfast. Be immovable. Again, I know that there's pressure. I know that the enemy is fighting you. I know that you're being challenged, you know. But you have to, and that's why prayer is so important. That's why getting into the presence of God every day is so important. Because it prepares you for the pressure. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. That you might be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the attacks, the strategies of the enemy. See, you fight it. You, if you get yourself into a position of prayer every single morning before you leave that house, you'll be in position to be able to deal with the pressure that's going to be coming your way. Because don't think that he's not going to be trying to stop you. But if you stay full of God, you'll be able to push back against it. Can you say amen? All right, lift your hands to the Lord. We're going to get ready to close right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we just praise you. We bless and worship you. We magnify you. We adore you. Lord, we glorify you. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for speaking to each and every one of us. I really believe that you spoke to us today. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that this word that was ministered today to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that this word will be sown deep into the hearts of your people that are here and those that have joined us online. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that that word will be sown deep on the inside of each and every one of us and that we will not be forgetful hearers of the word, but doers. 
that we will put this word into practice, that we will be steadfast and movable, always abounding or always excelling in the work of the Lord, understanding and knowing this, that our labor for you is not in vain. You are not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love towards you. We know that you are, once you promise something, it can be taken to the bank because you are faithful with all your promises. And Father, we just want to say thank you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now listen, if you're here today, you're watching online, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you're backslidden and you know you are and you just want to get it right with God, if that's you, you can stand on your feet right where you are. I want to pray a simple prayer with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're just going to pray for you. If you're here, you can stand on your feet. If you're watching live, you wherever you are, you can just stand and we'll just say this simple prayer. Hallelujah. And I want us to just all say that together. I want us to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I accept the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Come on. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Amen, 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 amen. All right. What we're going to do, we're going to get ready to close here. We're going to worship God with tithes, with offerings, special giving. You know, the Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all your increase. If you do that, your barns will be filled with plenty. Your presses, they'll burst out with new wine. He said, bring all the tithe to the storehouse. Don't part tithe. And see if I'll not open up for you the windows of heaven. He said, I'll pour you out blessings that you don't even have room enough to receive. He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Hallelujah. Tithes and offerings, they go in this envelope. You're going to write a check. You write it to the love of Jesus. You can give on your debit cards. You can use our cash app at cash sign L-O-J-N-N. You can also use our GiveLify at Love of Jesus of North Newark to give your offering. I'll also to mention to you that we have our anniversary this upcoming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have a whole weekend full of anniversary. It's our ninth church anniversary that we're celebrating. Um, and we're, we're going to have a big banquet on Friday. Um, Saturday, we're going to have a major cookout in Stephen Crane. And we're going to have also our regular food pantry and a cookout. And then on Sunday, we'll be here. Bishop Barber will be here with us. Did you guys enjoy Bishop Barbara on Thursday for our last talk? She was great, right? She was really, really, she was awesome. Uh, but she will be with us on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. So if you want to help us with that, you want to give towards that, you can use this offering envelope to give towards that. You can also use our cash app or you can use our Givelify and you can give towards it. But um, we're spending a ton of money, but it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be awesome. It's probably, I believe God is going to be the best one we've ever had. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead and let's worship God with tithes and with offerings. Amen. All right, glory. Who's handling business? Auntie, is it you? Who's doing it? All right. <laughs> and um, right after service, I want to just meet. You can leave that on, Toya. Right after service, I want to meet with um, 
some of our, well, I'm gonna meet with our leaders so we can discuss a little bit about uh, the anniversary this upcoming weekend. We gotta get a few things together. All right. Also, I want to remind you to invite somebody to service on Sunday. Um, if you need the palm cards, I still have some left, but invite somebody to come with you. It's going to be great. Bishop Barbara's going to be awesome, and we want to pack this place out for her. It's going to be beautiful. And uh, we're going to be pay- praying for people, laying hands on people. It's going to be, I believe, a real move of God. So invite some people to come. And if you need some uh, palm cards, I'll give them to you. Also, if you, if you want to get them um, digitally, I can text them to you. Amen. I'm ready. Thank you. All right. Stretch forth your hands, everybody. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for everybody that gave to this offering today. Father, bless your people. Open up for them the windows of heaven. Pour them out blessings that they don't have room enough to receive. Shower them with the blessings in favor of God. Give them more than enough where there is no lack. And Father, we just thank you. Praise you, bless and worship you for our beautiful people. We thank you for their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Don't disappear, Auntie. It's your, it's, come on up here. It's, it's my Auntie's birthday. You put that inside there. Where's, where's the, uh, my little lighter? It's in my office. That's, that's all right. We can do that. You got it? You want me to do it? All right, my auntie's birthday was yesterday. Come on up here. This is my aunt Cecilia. Here you go. She turned 25 yesterday. <laughs> Let's sing happy birthday to her, everybody. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy Aunt Cecilia. God's blessings. God's blessings on you. God's blessings on you. God's blessings on our Cecilia. God's blessings on you. <laughs> Amen. Everybody stretch forth your hands. We're going to pray for Father in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the precious life of my Auntie Cecilia. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you will put your good hand upon her. We pray, Father, that will long life, you will satisfy her and show her your salvation in Jesus' name, that everything that she does and put our hands to, that it will prosper, flourish, grow, and be successful, that these will be the best days that she has ever had in her life, that she will enjoy them to the fullest. And Father, for it, we just want to say thank you. We bless you. We give you praise for her life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody say happy birthday. Love you. All right. Amen. (laughs) All right, everybody, stand up on your feet. Let me bless you as we get ready to close. Young man, don't disappear. I want to pray for you. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, grant you his holy peace in Jesus' matchless name. I want everybody to say, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. And 
Amen. Thursday, we have our less. Well, we're not having less talk this Thursday. I'm going to do like a compilation thing because we're preparing for our anniversary. But our anniversary, remember, is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Get ready. Amen. The Lord bless you. Love you. Play the soundtrack. If you see someone in need, meet them where they at. If you see someone that's hurt, hit them where they at. If you ever see a problem, home, solve it with this fact. If the Father put you through it, trust me, he gon' have your back. If you see someone in need, meet them where they at. If you see someone that's hurt, hit them where they at. If you ever see a problem, home, solve it with this fact. If the Father put you through it, trust me, he gon' have your back. Come fellowship with us at the Love of Jesus Church of North Newark. Led by pastors Gavin and Tanya Taylor. Where our mission is to find a need and meet it. Find a hurt and heal it. Find a problem and solve it.